facing for the first time in 39 years. The Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Hello and welcome to the Brady Bros Boston Sports Podcast, where we cover everything in the Boston sports world. My name is James Brady, and alongside me, my brother Nicholas, say hello. Hello, everybody. Today is Thursday, March 21st, and this is episode 22. And, you know, it feels like we haven't done this in a while, James, but it, it really, it, we only missed one week. And we apologize for that to all the listeners, but... Um, I, I was away. It was my spring break, and the, the scheduling didn't line up. So, you know, we just said, you know what? We'll just buckle down, double the content this week for you guys. Yeah, you were off chilling with uh, in the city of of people losing to Boston. You were in L.A. Yeah, I mean, Mike Trout didn't lose, though. Mike Trout didn't lose. But because we will get into that. But yes, I Mike was in Trout the, uh, got paid. You know, I just figured I'd better. You know, being being from Boston, I figured I should do the service. And, you know, go go see what it's like for those people. You should humble life. yourself by going to a <laughs> city that loses championships. Yeah. Yeah, and let me say, um, man, it, it's great to be back. It's great to be back. L.A. is uh, it's very nice. I'd recommend you go there if you've never been there before. But you know, Boston is my home, and you know, I can't I can't be in a city with crappy sports seems like what's that like i don't know all right well speaking of crappy sports teams we've beaten being the la dodgers and us talking about our 2018 world series champion boston red sox flawless transitions here we're a week out from from open well not opening i guess opening day opening day for the mariners well for no, the mariners, mariners. Uh, op- yeah actually yeah so yeah We'll also get into that later because we'll we'll do some news stuff now. Um, so actually, no, 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 I'm wrong. I lied. You don't want to do? You want to look at the week last week? Yeah. So we'll last go to the week. last week first. That is how we do things here. It's been a week off, so I'm I'm kind of losing my mind. But last Thursday, the 14th at the Detroit Tigers, a tie, four to four. That's a thing that can happen in baseball and spring training because no one really cares I, about I it. I actually was looking at this and I almost interrupted you during the intro because I didn't know this could happen. But apparently. It can happen. Confirmed. I looked it up today. Uh, and on Friday the 15th, a loss to the Yankees, 1-14. to Doesn't matter. We did it during the regular season to them during the playoffs. In fact, not even the regular season. During the playoffs at their home stadium. In, in, so in it, Yankee it, stadium. It doesn't even matter. No, it uh, doesn't matter. And it, it is it's spring training. So. Uh, Saturday the 16th, we won against the Atlanta Braves 6-1. to Sunday, a split squad game, uh, losing to the Pirates 1-8, to but winning to the ta- uh, winning against the Tampa Bay Rays 3-2. to uh, And I believe that was a, uh, we scored and won in the ninth inning, so that was very exciting. Uh, Monday the 18th at Minnesota Twins, a loss 1-4. to Tuesday, the game, which was supposed to be against the Blue Jays, got rained out. Wednesday against the Baltimore Orioles, a 6-4 to win. And today, literally like an hour or so before we recorded or started recording this, 
uh, a game against the Tampa Bay Rays split squad, a 8-1 to win for the Sox. And now, if we want to talk about what we referenced in the intro with Mike Trout getting yeah, paid. Start, start with the whole MLB. Yeah, Mike Trout got paid. And then he kind of paved the way to for other players to get paid. I mean, if you're if you're a, just a baseball fan in general and have been following the MLB for the past week, the, the extensions, the deals, the getting signed are just ridiculous. It seems like uh, a good a good portion of the very very high caliber baseball players are locked up for the next four four to six to eight years even. But uh, just weeks after. You know, the whole Bryce Harper thing, he broke Manny Machado's deal. Mike Trout signs another record-breaking deal. And I mean, 12 years, $430 million with the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, he got paid, James. I mean, there's not much more to say. He, he blew uh, Harper's contract out of water almost. I mean, if you even can do that with numbers this big. Yeah, and it's crazy because if you think about it, we entered – the offseason thinking Machado and Harper, those are the two biggest deals. We've got to be on the lookout, and we waited for so long, and finally those came about. And I feel like this last week, even these last couple of days, have just completely like buried that in the past. We have Trout signing a contract worth $100 million more than Harper's record-breaking contract with one less year on his contract. So Harper signs a 13-year uh, three hundred thirty million. Trout does it a twelve-year, four hundred thirty million. It's just insane uh, to see. And you know, Bregman just signed an extension. Blake Snell signed an Blake extension. Blake Snell today, signed an extension. Paul Goldschmidt I mean, just signed an extension. So a lot of guys talking, getting paid. We're talking billions of dollars have been spent this off. Like this has got to be the highest spending offseason, right? I I can't confirm that, but I mean, what between Machado, Harper, and Trout, you're talking over a billion dollars in contracts. Yeah, almost, almost one point five billion dollars. Yeah, so I mean, no, probably closer to a billion actually. Yeah, but still four three three. Yeah, seven ten. Yeah, but still, I mean, just incredible numbers. And maybe we can use this to segue into uh, talking about our own star here in Boston, Mookie Betts. And it did come out. I don't know if it came out just this week. But I saw it just this week that he actually denied a very large contract extension with the Red Sox, and he seemed content to you know wait until the off season after the 2020 season, and you know just take it from there. So everything I've read leads to me to believe you know he's he's very content here in Boston. He has you know he he wants to be here. He wants to win. He likes the team and everything. He's just you know exploring all his options and. We kind of say this a lot. It is it is a business, so we can't really get mad at him for, you know, wanting to you know try the free agent waters, being such a great player that he is. Yeah, and I I think, especially when you look at how much these guys just got paid, it it does get to a point where, you know, maybe you're willing to take on a team that isn't as good right now or might not be as good for the next couple of years. To make that money, if that's the way you decide to go. And there's, I mean, no disrespect to anyone who chooses that, or there's people who, you know, take these massive salary cuts to be on championship caliber teams. Uh, And I think with the way the league's going, especially nowadays, free agency's the way to go. And I I completely understand that decision to turn down. It was, if I remember the article correctly, I'm just going to go off the top of my head here. 
I think it was I around sucked. eight eight years, two hundred something million, somewhere in I that range. Two hundred million. That's which what I is saw. a little less than. Uh, it was similar to um, Nolan Arenado's contract that he just signed this offseason, his extension um, with the Rockies. So I completely understand Mookie, you know, holding out, waiting to enter free agency because we've seen what it can do for guys this year. And I mean, even Trout wasn't even a free agent yet, and he got paid. So um, just the deals that have been breaking. I completely understand that decision to kind of wait it out, see what teams have to say, and then that way, you know, you know that you're going to get the best deal and you're going to get paid um, and kind of met with the money that you deserve at that caliber of play that he is clearly at, you know, winning the MVP this last season. And I mean, I was, I was just going to mention that winning the MVP, you got to think he, he sees Mike Trout, who he beat for the MVP, correct? Mm-hmm. So he he beat out Mike Trout this past year, and you know, seeing Mike Trout get paid, he's got to be like, "Hmm, I mean, on paper, I w- I was better than that man this year." So he's got to be thinking, you know, what what can I get type of thing. And so so you're completely right. It is it is kind of a player's market right now. It seems like, and you know, it looks like it looks like Betts wants to go that. But I mean, we don't have to worry that about that for literally two more years. We have the 2019 season coming up now. He's signed through the 2020 season, so uh, at least two more years of Mookie. If you are concerned about that, yeah. And I think we've kind of gone through all that. As if, if there's anything you want to add here on the end before we kind of move on to the the week ahead i think that's the biggest things we had to talk about were contracts this week for sure because that's just such a a big topic right now with all the deals going on and everything yeah no um i think we i think we did very well there so if you want to take us through the week ahead quickly all right so week ahead tomorrow friday the 22nd we got at minnesota twins that never seems to go well for us but once again it's spring training it really does not matter at all uh, Saturday, we got a game against the Pirates that is split squad. Sunday, a day off. Monday against, uh, at, pardon me, the Chicago Cubs. Tuesday as well at the Chicago Cubs. Wednesday, a day off because next Thursday, the 28th, is the first day of regular season play for the Boston Red Sox. They'll be at the Seattle Mariners at their home opening. That uh, will be 7-10 Eastern Coast time. I guess, I know that's not the actual, it's Eastern Standard Time, but 7.10 p.m. is when that game will go off. And it's going to be a lot of later games, obviously, being on the West Coast. Um, that's just how it's scheduled. And of course, and I know you're going to love this more than anyone else, ESPN will actually be broadcasting the first game of the season because it is a nationally televised thing. Nesson, thank goodness, picking up the rest of the games throughout that series, but we're going to see who has the glorious job of broadcasting and bringing us all that Red Sox action next Thursday. But we're we're a week out, and I am so excited to just finally see this Red Sox team get back in the swing of things. And I'm even more excited, and we'll talk about this in a bit, uh, because that next day, the 29th, I will be in Boston with you, and I'm hoping there's going to be some some Red Sox hype going on. Beginning of the season... It's early. Everyone's excited to see, you know, what these guys got to, got to, you know, put out there and and uh, and play their game. And so I'm excited for that. But if you want to take it to the segment known as today in sports history, 
Yeah, and, and briefly, I just want to mention I am extremely excited for regular season baseball as well. You know, I watched a couple spring training games. I've been super busy lately. I haven't really, you know, been able to catch them, especially I guess some now are in the evening time, but a lot of them being played during the day haven't been able to catch them. So, uh, you know, getting back to regular season baseball where I can come home every night and just, you know, the Red Sox will be on for a couple hours is a great feeling. But uh, we will transition into today in sports history, and uh, we, we got a doozy here. You and I were kind of blown away by this one. But on this date, uh, March 21st in the year 1953, there was an NBA record by your very own Boston Celtics who played a Syracuse basketball team, whose name escapes me, called the, the Syracuse Nationals. And in this game, the record was for the number of fouls, which was 106, and the number of players that fouled out, I'm presuming, uh, which was 12. And just to give you an idea, some foul totals for the Celtics that day uh, amongst the players. So personal fouls going down here, 5, 6, 6, 7, not really sure how that's possible, 6, 1, 5, 6, 5, 5. So tons of fouls. I mean, there was one guy on the Celtics who attempted 32 free throws, just to give you an idea. Now, the reason I can see this happening, I guess, is that the game went to four overtimes with your Boston Celtics actually prevailing Pardon me, in the fourth overtime. So, yes, a, a very physical game, it seems, between the Boston and Syracuse teams. But keeping on the theme of basketball, we can get right into our current day Boston Celtics. And James, do you want to take us through the past week? For sure. So... Thursday, the 14th against the Sacramento Kings, a 126-120 to victory. Marcus Morris putting up 21 points, 13 rebounds, getting a nice double-double there. And Kyrie putting up the triple-double with 31 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. And Jalen Brown doing that work as well, putting up 22 points and, you know, a good team win. Next game, Saturday, the 16th against the Hawks, a win 129-120. to Kyrie was one assist shy of going back-to-back on triple-doubles, finishing with 30 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, uh, and lots of guys on the team that night putting up, you know, 15, 20-ish points, so we're not going to go through and list all the, like, five players that had that stat line. We're going to keep moving. Monday, the 18th against the Denver Nuggets, a loss 105-114. The Celtics with a really cool tribute to Isaiah Thomas, kind of in his return to Boston, finally back on the court playing basketball. Really exciting to see him and just the respect that, you know, he's gathered in Boston. And I, I think the support for him, you know, regardless of where he goes, I think Boston truly, you know, loved having him on the team. He was a great guy and a great face for Boston. Uh, and from some of the things he said, maybe he's even coming back. Who knows? Anyways, though, Kyrie and Horford kind of led the charge for Celtic scoring. Both of them putting up in the 20s. And I know Kyrie might have scraped into the 30s. I'm not 100% sure. I did not write the numbers down, and I'm not well prepared. But Wednesday, which is yesterday night, the 20th at the 76ers, a loss 115-118, to 118, a super close game, highlighted by Marcus Smart ejected, and now today fined $50,000 for shoving Joel Embiid after uh, being hit pretty hard on a screen. Smart did not like that one bit. And, uh, and decided to rough up Joel Embiid a little bit, which is impressive considering how large Joel Embiid is, like seven feet tall and probably built like a rock wall, uh, and just shoved him right to the ground like it didn't even matter. Uh, so mad respect for Marcus Smart doing that. 
but Kyrie, Horford, and Rozier leading the scoring for the Celtics. And yeah, that is the the last week of Celtics action. If you'd like to, you know, offer your two cents on any of the games. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because we lost to, you know, the the two playoff teams we saw this week. We lost to, uh, you know, the Seventy Sixers. We 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 should have had that game, in my opinion. I watched uh, probably about half of it just throughout the game. And I actually missed the final moments, so I didn't get to see them. But, it, you know, we, we took the season series 3-1, to one, so there's that. Um, the highlight, the Joel Embiid thing, and Marcus Smart, good on Marcus Smart. I said it before the podcast. Um, I'll say it in a PG version now. I don't like Joel Embiid. He's very, I think, full of himself. And, uh, you know, there's definitely bad blood between him and the Celtics. So good on Marcus Smart for... Being aggressive, I guess you know the shoving might have been over the top, but for looking at the served and you know seeing this kind of interaction really gets me excited that we see them in the playoffs actually. But going back to what I was saying about the playoffs, you know, losing to these two playoff caliber teams is a little disheartening to see. You know, the Celtics really, you know, we're at, we're toward the end of the year now. Not the year everyone expected, but you know we're still in the playoffs, and I think that's the mindset we have to have going forward here. Uh, I've, I've noticed you've linked an article here about the importance of Marcus Smart, and I think losing him I, was it the third quarter or the second quarter where the third quarter he got ejected in the third quarter. Mid-third, so you know, yep. not having him for the rest of the game, especially in a close game down the stretch, is huge for a guy that you know is known as such a hustle player and such especially a great defender for the Celtics team, I think definitely could have helped down the stretch. But, you know, a tough loss there, but we got to just keep moving forward. I think there's something like nine nine games left, eight games, ten games, somewhere in that range. I don't know exactly. But, you know, you just, just got to keep moving forward. We, it's, it's time to start preparing for the playoffs. And I don't want to get too much into my playoffs thoughts for the Celtics because I think – you know, either next week or the week after, you and I could probably do a, a very in-depth episode. You know, looking at potential playoff matchups, who the Celtics match up best against, and especially once we know the seating and that sort of thing. But let's 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 keep moving here with you know as we approach the playoffs. And this is your question, but I'm going to throw it to you first. Have the Celtics found their starting lineup yet? Like, what is the go-to lineup? It seems like you know Brad Stevens is going with uh, Irving, Smart. Morris, uh, Tatum, but he's but he's been out a little bit lately. Uh, so Morris sometimes, uh, you know, Hayward's in there or Jalen Brown, but usually we're looking at uh, Smart, Irving, Tatum, Morris, Horford. And do you do you think that's it, or do you think Brad Stevens should be going with something different? Um, personally, I think this is the, this is the look to go for it with with Irving. Uh, and Smart out there, you know, Morris, Tatum, and then Horford joining them. I think that is the best look for the uh, the Celtics right now. They've done really, really well. Uh, and I think they're kind of getting into the flow of that same starting lineup. And we have seen some substitutions where, you know, nights where Kyrie's out or Tatum's been out or something. So they switch things around a little bit, throwing in people like Rozier or Brown in the starting lineup. Personally, I still love the idea of Brown and Hayward coming off the bench. They've had some really big performances recently, both of them coming off the bench. 
And I think, you know, this is a really strong group of five guys to put out on the court. But once again, we have those weapons on the bench too, where, you know, it the depth for this team does not end when the starting five come off the court. I think, and that's our, you know, part of the Celtics' strengths as a team is their foot doesn't come off the gas when their starting five comes out because they have such a strong, you know, second line of guys and Baines and, you know, like I just listed off, Rozier, Hayward, Brown. They can do damage and really get some work done even when those those first five guys aren't out there. And I think I'd say stick with this. Um, at least going into the playoffs, obviously, you can cater and change around your lineup to, you know, best complement the strengths of your own team and attack the weaknesses of another team depending on who we match up against in the playoffs so maybe we'll see some tweaking around but i think at least as the season closes out this is the lineup to stick with um you know not taking into account any you know injuries rest nights whatever it ends up being and then i will flip that question to you so do you think this is the lineup to go for or do you think there's changes that need to be made if so who do you think we should sub out all that good stuff you know, I'm I'm not sure the Celtics have a definitive starting lineup because I think it depends on who we're playing because you know, with with that game against the 76ers and with with the Bucks being a potential playoff matchup, I would like Aaron Baines in there, you know, to be on Giannis, to be on Joel Embiid, uh and to get, just give us some exercise. Horford is our big man, but you know, Baines is just he he's bigger in terms of if physical size. So I think having that presence in there, you know, I've been kind of off Morris the last couple weeks. I don't think he's, I, I really haven't been following that much, unfortunately, just, you know, with them playing not, you know, every couple of nights, it's hard to catch, you know, every single game. But I, I think I'd rather have someone in there than Morris. The hard part is I don't know who, because I do like, Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown, who would be the two obvious choices to replace him. I do like them coming off the bench. And, you know, I think I think currently Morris is still a better shooter than Jalen Brown. Uh, overall, Jalen Brown has has shown some, some very uh, nice hot streaks here over the last couple of weeks. But I, I think I might replace Morris with Hayward on a night, even though Hayward's been so great coming off the bench. I think if especially come playoff time, if you put him in that situation, he is a more senior guy than, uh, you know, what's his name? Jalen Brown. How did I lost that for a second? Uh, coming off the bench. So, you know, he, he does have that seniority type of thing. And I think he could perform better in the playoffs with, with this lineup. But again, I don't, I don't know if there is a, a perfect combination on any given night. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll see that with, with any team. There is going to be variation based on, like I said, the strengths of your team, the weaknesses of the other team, maybe attacking one player or, you know, going for a star or this duo, you know, going for the guard tandem, whatever it ends up being, you need to take that into account and you will see the lineup change. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you, you won't see the same lineup from now uh, and then moving into playoffs. I doubt we will see the same lineup, but I think... That is it for that. If you want to get us into the week ahead here, a couple of games coming up. Yeah, we can go through that quickly. So 
you know, the Celtics don't play again until Saturday, so a good chunk of time off here. Uh, Saturday will be the 23rd at the Charlotte Hornets, then back-to-back uh, Sunday night, the 24th, versus the San Antonio Spurs, and then Tuesday, the 26th, versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. So uh, some nice some nice downtime here before we go into that final push. And I think we can forego any potential playoff talks and seeding at least for another week probably before you know in a week's time that's three more games will be a week and a half out from the end of the season so i think we can get into that then uh if you would like would you like to switch over to the other half of the td garden as we always do it we will flip it over to the boston bruins who are just quickly becoming my favorite team to watch man i the last couple of weeks, I've really been making an honest effort to start watching the Bruins more, and it has been so exciting uh, just watching some of these games. They're playing so well, and a lot of them, they have these close games where they just pull out just ahead um, of the other team. You know, We're going to go through the games from the last two weeks here because you actually did the work and put the yeah, last I, two Yeah, I can go through this quickly. I didn't know we, uh, you um, only did the last week on the other teams, but... Um, Put yourself two weeks in the past, Thursday, March 7th, uh, versus the Florida Panthers. That was a 4-3 to three win. That was a great, that's- great game, by the way. I watched that. That was the day I got my wisdom teeth out, so I was just sitting on the couch, turned on the TV, watched that, and, you know, Bruins came from behind, scored two goals really, really well, uh, and with a, not a lot of time left. One, I believe they scored uh, when they pulled the goalie, had six guys on the ice, scored then. Uh, and then scored a goal with like five seconds left in the game, and just really capped it off. Great game. All right, I've taken up too much time now. Now, if you want to, no, no, that's good. That was good. Uh, I can't even remember what I had for lunch today. So the fact that you remember yeah. that two weeks oh, ago, great, great on you. Yeah. Uh, that Saturday, a win three to two versus the Ottawa Senators. That Sunday, four to two loss versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Tuesday, the twelfth, a seven to four loss versus the Columbus. Columbus Blue Jackets didn't watch this game. Uh, very disheartening when you get that many notifications for opponents' goals, but you really have not seen this that many times from the Bruins this season. So you know, just kind of a fluke thing in my mind. Uh, last Thursday, the 14th versus the Winnipeg Jets, or at the Winnipeg Jets rather, four to three loss. Uh, Saturday, the 16th, a two to one win in overtime versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Watched that game. A uh, a really good goal in overtime to win it. Tuesday the 19th, uh, 5-0 win over the New York Islanders. Rask gets his third or fourth shutout, I believe, of the season. Maybe fifth. I saw it today and I can't remember. And then, actually, just earlier tonight, since we were recording so late, uh, they won 5-1 over the New Jersey Devils. So, 5-3 and three in the last two weeks. Bruins on a tear. And according to CBS, they are number two in the power rankings, just behind, as you might have guessed, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, do you think this is do you think this is justified, James? Oh, I think this is completely justified. My favorite thing is that you know early in the season we were looking at the Bruins sitting at you know I remember them back at fifteen. Uh, they sat at twelve and hovered around that area for a long time while we were doing with a lot of injuries and stuff. But I think they've quickly justified this with the point streak they were just on. I mean, they beat the Lightning pretty well when they played them a couple weeks ago i mean they beat what we are calling the best team in the nhl right now and the the bruins up there in points i believe they're second in the entire league in points as well 
Uh, and if you just look at the dominant hockey they've played in the last month, even I'd, I'd say that much, like it's pretty clear to me that they are a very, very good hockey team. And I think it is understandable the lightning being ahead in the standings by so much saying that they are the strongest and best team right now in the NHL. But I think the Bruins are a close second and in my mind it is beyond justified and they have every right to be in that spot. Oh, I would completely agree with you. And you are correct in saying that they have the second most points in the entire NHL. They are two points uh, above the Calgary Flames and, you know, still what what is 20 points now, I believe, behind 21 points still behind the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I do see the Bruins actually moving up to number one in the power rankings uh, because we have two more games against the Tampa Bay Lightning later this year, uh, one coming up this Monday and the last game of the season, actually. So if the Bruins play just one more game against the Lightning like they did the very first one in such a dominant fashion, I think that warrants them to move up. Even even with the huge point differential, if you're playing the number one team and you're and you're making it look like a cakewalk, then you're the number one team. I don't I don't see any way around that given no matter given the points or anything. So I think there is possibility for the Bruins to move up, but again, we we got to hope they don't hit a end of the season skid here. There are nine games, well, eight games left, actually, because of the one earlier today. So, you know, two more weeks or two and a half weeks of regular season hockey left. And then, boy, oh boy, am I excited for playoff hockey, James. I cannot express to you. Uh, I've, I've currently been watching on YouTube lately some highlights from the 2011 Stanley Cup campaign. And it, it has got me ready for a Bruins team that I feel very confident we will at least see in the Eastern Conference Finals, if not in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, I I can only re- reiterate what you said. Like, I am beyond excited for this season of playoff hockey. The Bruins looking so good and like such a strong team. Like you said, we got to avoid the end of the season skid, but I think we just got to, you know, ride it out, finish strong, and really get that momentum going into the playoffs because it is going to be important to – uh to have a strong team and have a strong couple of games beforehand heading the playoffs, keep the momentum up, keep the spirits up. And, uh, and I'm just really excited to see what this Bruins team can do, because if we think about where we started at the beginning of the season, we had a lot of depressing weeks on this show talking about, you know, are they going to pull through this? Are they going to do well? They're losing a lot of games, but they've really turned it around. And I think they have the potential to be just such an exciting team uh, and a really great team in the playoffs. So we will touch briefly on the playoffs here since they do end their season a uh, a couple of days earlier than the Celtics. The last regular season game is on April 6th, which, which is, give me one second to pull up my calendar, uh, is 14, 16 days from now, so just over two weeks. Uh, the current playoff matchup, if the season were to end today, is the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I'm still not 100% sure how the seeding and everything works for the NHL playoffs, but I believe the other potential playoff teams are teams from the Metropolitan or the Atlantic Division. Pardon me, we are in the Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference. So that gives us potential matchups with the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, who would really have to pick up some ground here, being both being at least 10 points behind the Leafs, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I can actually double check that real quick. This loads. Yep, uh, the Canadians are 
Well, eight points behind the Leafs and the Flyers are, uh, what's that, 15, 15, 15 points behind the Leafs. So unlikely that they'll catch up, but, you know, like I, I said again, I've been watching the 2011 Stanley Cup or the whole playoff highlights, really, and that season with Montreal just makes me want that in the playoffs so badly. Yeah, I think the potential there, like we talked about a little bit with the 76ers and, uh, and Celtics, if you can get a good rivalry going, it makes playoff hockey all that much better. I mean, it's just one more thing that's on the line, and I love watching Boston teams have rivalries. Give us a reason to hate the other team. Uh, you know, it, it just has a little bit more riding on every single game. I would love to see some of that bad blood kind of stir back up again with the Montreal Canadiens because uh, we have such a long history with them between you know the Bruins and them. Uh, it would be a great matchup. It really would be. And I, I, like I said, I can't really do much except reiterate because you're making a lot of good points here. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. But uh, Montreal is currently a wild card team, so there is potential for that deeper in the playoffs. I'm not sure exactly how deep that would be, if it would be second round or if it would be the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but again, once once we know the actual seeding and the breakdown of the playoffs, we will, of course, up you, update you on that, whether it's next week or the week after. But that, I think, does it for the Bruins as well, James, if you have anything else to add. I don't think so. I mean, we got a couple weeks left of the season, got to finish strong, hit playoffs hard. But I think other than that, man, I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm just really excited. Yeah, so we can... We can get into the Patriots here. We do have a couple of things. A lot of, again, NFL-wise, whole league-wise, like we did with the with the Red Sox here in the MLB, a lot of moves we will update you on. But if you if you want to do more, more Patriots-specific stuff first, do you want to go that route? Yeah, we'll start with the Patriots. So we got a lot of things going on, and we probably did miss a couple of them. There's just so many moves that get made in the NFL offseason with massive rosters so obviously there's gonna be a lot of guys moving around guys that you probably haven't even heard of because you know practice squad backups third stringers whatever it ends up being but we will start off with trent brown going to the raiders and we are just going to keep these short we're not going to go on massive contract deals and everything because that's going to take forever to do uh cordero patterson who i'm sad to see go but he is going to the bears we managed to re-sign the the punter ryan allen Adrian Waddle is going to the Bills, uh, and kind of a, a weird story here. Adrian Claiborne asking to be released, and the Patriots said, okay, so we released Adrian Claiborne. We signed tight end Matt Lacoste from the Broncos, I believe. We signed wide receiver Maurice Harris. We re-signed Philip Dorsett, re-signed John Simon, and we signed Brandon Bolden. He's coming back to New England after a year in Miami. We got their playbook. We do. We we might need Where it. They pitch it if back we and play forth Miami. in the last when play we, of the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they drew just like they drew up. Uh if you wanna we can go to bigger NFL moves now. The big I mean there again, like you said, there there's so many with NFL having such large rosters, but you know the big ones as I'm sure you've heard, uh Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Cleveland Browns did not see that one coming. Did, did not. And I, I have to admit, there were rumors 
that he could come to New England. Personally, I'm not a an Odell fan. I think he's a bit overhyped and whatnot. We don't need to get into that. I don't know if I've said it before, but now you know my stance on Odell. But a, a very small part of me who was a diehard Patriots fan wanted to see him in New England just to, because how dangerous he could have been. Alas, he will be spending at least the next, I don't know how long this was the contract for. He'll be spending at least the next year in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, no, I don't and, know how long the contract is. I kind of forget. It's a couple of years, I believe, though. Okay, well, he'll be spending the, you know, at least the next season in Cleveland. Uh, Antonio Brown goes to the Raiders because he wants to catch passes from Nathan Peterman, apparently. Uh, Le'Veon Bell signs with the Jets. That is a little... That's a little tough as a as a Patriots fan when you have such a dangerous player who you now have to see twice a year versus once a year. And uh, I guess we we listed this on the thing because Eric Rowe was a Patriots player, correct? Yeah. He he signed with the Dolphins, so he missed. That was in the wrong section. That's my bad. But uh, you know, o- Odell Brown and Bell kind of being probably the the bigger moves. I would say. If, is there anyone you want to add just off the top of your head? There are a couple of defensive players that have moved around. Um, I believe Tyron Matthew might have signed a deal, and I don't want to go off of just memory here because I probably will mess some of them up, but there have been a lot of defensive moves uh, too that we didn't really list down here that were kind of smaller deals. Obviously, Odell, uh, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon being the biggest stories so far. And that Browns team is really shaping up. You got Baker... You have Odell, you have Nick Chubb, you have Kareem Hunt, I guess. We'll just throw that one in there. Well, Jarvis, for, Jarvis Landry. Season. <laughs> yeah, and he, second, he could get, he could get top and appeals and stuff too. It, it's it's going to be a mess for up, him. Probably up in the air if he'll, if he'll play this year. But yeah, but I mean, you have such a strong running paper, presence in Chubb you too. Have a very, you have a very strong looking Browns team now. Yeah, and also it it just seems like the entire rest of the AFC East was making moves, and the Patriots are just kind of chilling here, letting things happen. Uh, you know, Jets making a couple moves with Bell, obviously being the most prominent. The Dolphins making a good couple of moves too. Uh, meanwhile, we just kind of sit here and have done then, nothing. Then you got Buffalo. and Bill Belichick isn't worried at all. No, he's gonna sign the Footlock. I mean, he's got a plan, and I—if there's a man I trust with a plan, it is Bill Belichick. Uh, so shifting back to the Patriots here, uh, this is probably the the most interesting thing I think I want to mention on the podcast this week because it gets me excited. So the Patriots are expected to meet uh, with—I believe he played for West Virginia. Uh, the West Virginia QB or the past West Virginia QB. Will Greer ahead of you know the upcoming NFL draft? They have already met once since Greer ended his season, uh, you know his senior season in college. But they are expected to meet again before the draft. And you know, we talk about you know the Patriot the Patriots dynasty is unfortunately coming to an end in the next couple of years. And if you can't see that, it, it is a tough pill to swallow. So enjoy it while we still have such you know great players. And, you know, not saying we're going to fall off a cliff or anything, but there will be a couple of years that could be up in the air there. But if we get, you know, a high a high caliber player coming out of college that can train under Brady, like uh, Will Greer could be, you know, we're looking to extend extend that dynasty. And, and this has got me super excited. 
I don't know, James, do you have his, his sports reference page up for his stats? I do. I do have some college stats. If you would like some college stats, I'm willing. Maybe maybe just the past year. All right, so past year, and you were right, he uh, played for West Virginia. He did have his freshman year was at Florida, but his most two uh, his two most recent years being at West Virginia. So played in 11 games, completed 266 passes out of 397 attempted, being a completion percentage and his college career high of 67%, going for 3,864 yards, 9.7 yards per attempt, um, 10.7 average, I believe that's average, adjusted passing yards per attempt. So that takes into account interceptions, touchdowns, a more intricate stat, I guess, uh, and touchdowns, 37 of those, 8 interceptions, and an overall rating of 175.5, which I didn't know was possible. They might do it differently. They, they definitely do it differently for college because I think the this max also is like includes, 150. Note here, this is includes the bowl games. This isn't just their regular season. Uh, but his overall college career, he played three years, uh, throwing for 81 touchdowns, 23 interceptions, uh, QB rating of one or I don't know if that's QB. No, pass efficiency rating. Oh, that's pa- okay. That's that makes a lot. So more I don't sense. I don't know what that is. Again, adjusted for you know yards, touchdowns, interceptions, completions, that sort of thing. So we don't even need to mention that. Uh, in his total college career, again three years, eight thousand five hundred fifty-six yards, and you know on paper I haven't actually seen any of him play because I don't follow college football, but. Look, he looks pretty decent, and if this is a guy we could potentially get in the draft, that's uh, that's some exciting news. Yeah, it was exciting. I think especially for the Patriots, whenever we even meet with a QB, you know, obviously there's going to be no one like Tom Brady. Tom Brady, I, I would say, is the best to have ever played the game up to this point and probably won't see talent like that for a long time after, but... It's always exciting talking about QBs with this team because, you know, it's a massive role to fill and it is going to be exciting to see, you know, someone come into that role and maybe be the next franchise QB for the Patriots. Uh, also, it's going to be really hard to fill, you know, the, the massive void that Tom Brady is going to leave when he eventually leaves football. And the that realistic ends up being. part is you, you can't really completely fill the void. I mean, yeah, you, like you said, Tom Brady, probably the... the not probably the greatest QB to play the game up to this point. Um, so you know you can't you can't one hundred percent replace him. But like you said, exciting to at least hear about the QB, and you know a good a good potential addition to the team. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we will round this out uh, this Patriots segment with a little Robert Kraft update. A one-sentence Something you didn't know you needed in your life, but because it's the closest thing we have to news nowadays. I mean, if you're uh, coming here for your Robert Kraft news, you're you're doing something wrong. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's some incriminating videotapes you could check out instead. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) You you know there's that one person like, I'm listening to the entire thing until they talk about Kraft. Yeah, all right, so Robert Kraft. So... And this is not verbatim. This is kind of what I gathered from some headlines and for some some light digging. So forgive me if this isn't like 100% accurate. I did my best to kind of gather what I understood from the situation. And basically the deal right now is that if Kraft admits he's guilty, 
the the people that are suing him will most likely drop the charges. So basically, he has to say, "Yes, I did these things. I solicited blah 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 blah," and all of this kind of goes away in terms of like the legal issues behind it. And I'm not a hundred percent sure on the details of basically why that is, but that's what I gathered is that if Kraft admits that he's guilty, then uh, the charges will be dropped, and uh, he'll kind of walk away from the situation. Obviously, a big mess to be tied up in. Uh, it sucks that we and we talked about this before. It sucks that he's the face of something that's obviously much bigger than just him. Uh, but yeah, so there's your little Robert Kraft update. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. So uh, we'll see how he gets out of this one. Um, if not, I don't really know what the legal action is they take. What his what his sentence is going to be? If he's just going to pay a bunch of money, or he's going to go sit in a cell for like a day until someone pays his way out of it? Most of the ways I see this ending is him paying his way out. Uh, and reaching a large settlement, but that's just me. Unless you have anything else to add, I think we can. Well, well, you said the word sentence there, so makes me wonder if you knew it. Because I said we were going to do a sentence. Uh, ra- wrap up of Robert Kraft, and I've used sentence way too many times in the same sentence. See what I did there? Yes. Anyway, but yes, uh, if you if you want to go briefly, March Madness is happening as as we speak, actually. I don't know how many people, well, a lot of people follow it. I don't know how many people listening to this fill out a bracket and follow it. But if we want to quickly, our thoughts, James, uh, who who you got winning the tournament as I look at our group right here? Yeah, I have I have Duke winning in one bracket and UNC winning in the other bracket. And I know that's like the dumbest, most standard thing you can do. But those are the two teams that with my insanely limited knowledge of college basketball, I think have the best chance of winning it all. Uh, Duke on a hype train from just another level this year, and UNC, the only team that's beat, really has beat Duke on two occasions now, so why not? Uh, both of my brackets are not perfect after the first game took place, and I had Louisville moving on in both of them, and Louisville lost, so that was how my day started with March Madness, uh, and I think the only, like, Boston kind of related team that was in there was Northeastern and they are officially out after getting smacked by Kansas. Yeah, 87 to 53. Yeah, kind of I mean a, you kind of knew it was coming. I mean, yeah, you didn't really expect much from uh from Northeastern. Uh so just for the for the purpose of being uh I guess fully transparent and everything, I mean, that's that's not the right word. Uh my my bracket as well is what I'm trying to say. My bracket, uh, James and I each pit, pitted two brackets against each other. I have Michigan State winning in one and Kentucky winning in the other because I could not bring myself to pick Duke or UNC just because, you know, unless it's a Boston team, I really don't like when teams have all the spotlight type of thing, which sounds kind of bad to say, I guess, but hey, that's just how it is. Uh, through day one, I'm doing a little worse than James unfortunately I didn't know that was possible but yeah you know you, I mean you and I are pretty close we have two brackets tied and then your one of your brackets is 10 points ahead of mine so not bad uh, but quickly and you should take take these comments with a whole you know a whole container of salt really because we have no idea what we were talking about but James if you had to pick a sleeper 
for the audience to you know root for down the stretch my sleeper team who's your sleeper team my sleeper team by far florida gators they're coming for that spot baby you know they just lost right they didn't lose. They won. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Okay. I was about to check. <laughs> Ooh, got him. Um, all right. All right. All right. And this is based off of nothing more than like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, the Florida Gators look cool. I like their like <laughs> color scheme. I was like, that's my team. So through college football, the little bit that I've paid attention to. James um, is a fan of the blue and blue and orange, right? Yeah. I, was, I wasn't big into it. And I I'm still have no clue what's going on in college football ever, but I'm guessing for the people who truly care about the Florida Gators, Tim Tebow must have been very exciting to watch. Uh, Dude, we I are guess. talking about basketball. Yeah, this is a really end-around way. Uh, my team, Florida Gators, I liked them as a kid. They're still my, my college team because I follow no other college teams, really, and frankly don't even follow the Florida Gators that much. But Florida Gators are coming for that top spot. You heard it here first. We are really doing a good job of keeping segments short today. Back to you. Sleeper. Uh, sleeper pick. I don't know if they really count as a sleeper. Michigan because... State? No, no. They almost <laughs> lost today, so. Hey, hey, they won. They won. They All had right. me worried for Anyways, a bit. Anyways, sleeper pick. Uh, is is Murray State. Oh, okay. They win and one I know, game. I, yep. I don't know, but no, but if you watch that game today, the way... Their star player, I think his name's J. Ja Morant, J. Morant, something like that, posted a triple double. He is so dominant that, like, he, as a single player, has the ability to do incredible things. Now, I don't think that Murray State has what it takes to win. Just there's too much other power going on, and one guy's only one guy. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you know we see a little bit of a Cinderella story going on there. Again, see a little bit of a Cinderella run. Cinderella. There it is. That took okay. me a while to think about. Um, that pretty much wraps it up. And I guess kind of an announcement before we do the whole outro thing. James, you mentioned before that you were coming to Boston in, well, uh, a week from tomorrow. That is true. Right? Yeah. So James will be down in Boston with me for the weekend. We'll be, you know, we're seeing the Celtics on Friday. There's actually potential through my school to get Bruins tickets for that Saturday, so I'll see what I can do there. That would be hype. That'd be pretty fun. But you and I are planning on, you know, starting some starting some video aspect to the podcast. We're starting some YouTube stuff. I we've think talked so. About. Yeah, we've talked I think about. There's there's a lot of potential. Uh, James and I do have experience, kind of, with the whole video editing type of thing, either through just like hobbying or work. So it's it's something we enjoy, and uh, with cameras as well, we both have experience. So. You know, the whole photography, videography thing. So it is something that interests us and, you know, kind of just a hobby thing now. I do use video editing quite a bit in my work, but I think something we could turn into a an extra little bit of fun or another side of, you know, this whole podcast thing where you guys could see us in person. We could do some game reaction type stuff, bring you around Boston, suggestions like that. So, and, and this is very end around way of saying all of this, but we got some stuff in the works. I think some stuff that'll add some more character and, you know, build a, a, a bigger or better connection here on the podcast. And am, am I correct in saying that? Yeah. And I think the way I look at it is just kind of like to bring you in another side of, of our coverage of Boston sports and just our love for Boston as a city, uh, aside from the sports teams too. And just 
you know, another way to kind of get to know us is more than just this podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm not saying we're going to be uploading a ton of YouTube videos and, you know, content all the time, but it's just kind of another avenue and another thing for us to do uh, to engage you guys and just kind of show off another side of, you know, what we're doing uh, in in the Boston sports world. And I think that's a good way also to transition to the next kind of a little bit of an announcement thing is we also created an Instagram for this podcast. So Brady Bros Boston on Instagram, go drop us a follow. I think similar uh, to how the YouTube is going to work, we'll have like a little video content on there, maybe some pictures uh, from around Boston when we're hanging out, when we're both down there or Obviously, you are down there all the time. Uh, whenever we're doing cool stuff, throw that up there on the Instagram, on the Twitter, whatever it ends up being. So, Brady Bros Boston on Instagram, make sure to give it a follow because uh, we will have content coming there too, as well as hopefully the YouTube channel. Yeah, and that's just in the beginning stages. Of like, well, days go, still get going on there. Speaking of the handle at Brady Bros Boston, feel free to follow us on Twitter because. You know, that's still, again, haven't been using it much. Man, James, let me tell you, school has been crazy this last week. It's, oh, oh it's been a doozy. But, uh, you know, Twitter is most importantly, it's where we announce when the podcast is coming out so you guys can get it right away. Uh, you know, first thing on drop day when it comes out, that's the very first place we put it about 30 seconds after we upload it. So if you care about, you know, just listening right away or just, you know, engaging with us and, and seeing what's up on Twitter, you can follow us there at Brady Bros Boston. If you did enjoy, please, you know, leave us a rating. All really helps out. Leave us some comments. Let us know what we could be doing better. Uh, what you guys like to see, what you don't like to see any uh, suggestions for segments or literally anything. Just ask us a question uh, in the comments or, you know, leave us a rating, tell your friends, tell your dog, tell your family, tell everyone that enjoys any sort of Boston sports. James, anything to add before we cap this off? No, I don't think so. I think it's been a good, you know, good return week. We definitely had that week hiatus there, but we're back into the swing of things and looking forward to, you know, weeks ahead in terms of the Boston sports games coming up. we got March Madness going on. It's an exciting time in sports. we got hockey and, and basketball coming, for a clo- coming to a close. Within the next week, we're going to have baseball is going to be back. Lots of moves being made in the NFL, not NHL, NFL, and uh, I'm going to be posted up in Boston in a week, so I'm pretty thrilled about that too. So it's going to be a you know, good time, lots of good stuff coming uh, in Boston, in the podcast, all, all sorts of good stuff. So I'm very excited for this week ahead, and hopefully you guys are too. Go Boston Sports. And James and the listeners, I will see you in a week. Thank you.